Hey guys, it's your host, Seth Goldstein, with Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. And I have a very juicy, important announcement. Ever wonder how cool and refreshing it would be to hear your own voice on iTunes? Your podcast made at a touch of a button? If you haven't heard about Anchor, you are totally missing out. It's the most easiest way to make a podcast super practical, and best part of all, it's free. It even has creation tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone on the go or computer in the comfort of your own home, guys. What's even better, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with minimum listenership. It's really that easy. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. What are you waiting for? Download your free Anchor app or simply go to anchor.fm to get started. Until next time, thank you. Goodbye. And set the driver, Tiana, me, Lee. Okay, we're on, baby. <laughs> I love it that you just took initiative and you just did it. We're going to hit the ground running. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Tiana, Alexandra, Silifon, say hello. Actress, Aloha. writer, Aloha. singer, producer. Wow, mother. philanthropist. The, the mother, mother of the mother. <laughs> That's the best gig of them all, honestly. It really is. And um, I am. Mother I mean, of them all. But, you know, sometimes people call me their worst nightmare. A gook with a green card. <laughs> a gook with the green card. Boy, what? Who who says this? Who in the world would ever say something about such a wonderful woman? My me. God, you have <laughs> me, me. I like I like that because because you have the the sort of the, the the comedic timing is is so good. I didn't know you did stand up comedy also. I'm sitting down. I'm doing sit down comedy. <laughs> sit down comedy. I like that. So, how's it going over there? Are you basking in the sun in, in in Miami or wherever it is? What corner of the world are you sitting at these days? Well, I am next door to Disney World, which it, it's it's so expensive. I haven't been yet. I'm waiting yeah, for the senior citizen discount. <laughs> Which is, listen to this, I never knew that this existed. It's next door to, like, some big religious, there's a religious kind of a theme ride. And and, and it, it was free. I, you know, these things are very expensive. I went to Epcot Center. I got sure. invited. I got invited. Um, <laughs> and, and I felt bad because the ticket was like $160. And I'm going, holy hey, cow. No senior discount. Not that I'm senior, but I tried anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what I did once. Once when I would used to be, obviously, you know the story because we've been friends for a while now, a whole a whole twenty minutes. <laughs> oh, I've known you <laughs> but, in my past lives. Uh, there you go. Um, you know, I it used to be that I was driving, so you know, I was a limo driver and whatnot, and so the in windows Orlando? are tinted. No, 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 no. No, no, I never did. I, I, I drove out here in L.A. and Vegas. Let me tell you what happened, um, uh, you know, when I was driving uh, through the McDonald's because you mentioned the whole senior citizen situation. I, I was in the car and I come up to the window and then, OK, do you have a I said, yeah, uh, the person in the back is a senior. but They're out. They're completely out. So how much is the coffee? It's only 55 cents. 
and there was nobody in the in the back. That was the joke. So I ended up getting that that senior discount. That was fantastic. And I just thought about that right now when you said that. But let's uh let's go let's you know go to the meat of the conversation, the subject matter. You have we have quite a lot to to cover, and I just want everybody to know that uh, this is one of many uh, episodes we have. This is like the first part, so we're only going to touch up on something, some of the juicy. Inf- that you're gonna you're gonna regale us with, um, but let's start with I wanna you so you I mean honestly you you've done quite a bit in your life, but let's back up to Mr. Uh, you know uh, Sir Sterling Silifon, your your late husband, my God, a screenwriter from Hollywood, a Hollywood legend. You guys were married for uh, tell us a story. Tell us a story. Well, a young martial artist, he was. Mm-hmm the guy to meet he was the go-to guy you know i was being beat up in in uh, high school in virginia and i wanted to learn self-defense and the local newspaper said that this guy bruce lee was coming to town he had done a couple uh long beach tournaments that were renowned he did the one finger push-up he 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 was starting to you know get the a, a lot of Oh, gosh, it was like right now we call it branding or whatever. But, you know, he wasn't a movie star. The Bruce Lee uh, that I wanted to meet was this amazing, fast, super fast martial artist. He was Kato in the Green Hornet because but we didn't know because we couldn't see. We couldn't see who was behind the mask. Right. But I wanted to meet this martial artist. So this martial artist. Uh, agreed to teach me, and that's another episode. It was just amazing. He was so chauvinistic. Oh, wow. He was like, he was like, why do you want, uh, you know, why would I teach you? I don't teach girls. And he said the word girls like, you know, spit. Wow. Spit, spit. And 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 he said, you know, he was testing me because he's a true martial right. artist. They always test you. Totally. <laughs> and and he 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 said you shouldn't be out. Uh, getting in trouble uh, you, you should be home your brothers will protect you and I was feisty and I was saying uh, I have two little brothers that I take care of and and kids are beating me up in school and he said why and I said for being Vietnamese that really something wow. in his eyes because he knew what it was like to be discriminated you know he was discriminated against for being Chinese exactly and, and at the time to say the word Chinaman which I can say uh, is is like saying the N word, you yeah. Chinaman. You know that was derogatory, and so so Bruce and I, you know, moving right along, he said, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" He's, I guess, by now interviewing me, maybe considering to teach this. I I was introduced to him as Tiana Karate Princess. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Wow. Ma- Grandmaster Jun Rhee, who he came out to honor, Bruce Lee liked or approved of one form of martial arts, uh, and it was the Korean Taekwondo. And Grandmaster Jun Rhee was his good friend, so he flew out, so I was there at, you know, I was crowned Tiana Karate Princess. I could cut tire. My roundhouses were very fast. And so, you know, it was back in the day, it was show me what you can do. And in the martial arts world, you know, it's always show me what you can do. And and Bruce said, uh, but, you know, self-defense is one thing, stay out of trouble. 
why get in trouble in the first place? Yes, be prepared. Yes, be lightning fast. But what is it that you want to do? And I said, I was born to be an actress. And something that, you know, I, you know, I didn't say, I want to be an actress. I want to go to Hollywood. I said, I was born to be an actress. And, and, and he said, why? And I said, to entertain people. And he said, why? I said, to make my heritage proud, to make my race proud. And he just, that was it. He said, he said, you know competition. I will help you. I want you to meet Sir Ying Silifan. And he, he said, I'm going to win an Oscar. Are you? And I said, yes, uh, that's that's my goal. That's my dream that I'm, I'm going to do it. He said, well, you have to come to Hollywood. Back in the day, back in the day, you did. You had to be at least in L.A., California and in that's New correct. York. So he said, you have to come to California. And he hosted me. He picked me up in a blue Porsche, which I have to tell you, I've never told this story publicly to anyone. I've never posted this never cashed in on Bruce Lee's name his death um, I respect his wife and and his his surviving daughter Shannon um, but I was asked to tell all in this new book that came out I was asked a few years ago to be interviewed for this book and it's a big book and it is uh, the critically acclaimed it's it, it, it's a hot bestseller in the critically acclaimed book and we'll get into another episode of, of why I refused. I hung up on the writer and I refused. And he punished me by the book is out and there's no mention of my name at all. However, there's a lot of mentions of my late husband, which brings me to your question. So Bruce said to win an Oscar. So he said, let's make a pact. To win an Oscar means everything for our race because no, you know, no Asian had ever won one. And it didn't look like we would anytime soon. We had to prepare for this like a martial artist. And um, so he said, he said, I will never wear a Chinese braid, a long Chinese braid like they did in Kung Fu years later. He said, right. I promise, I pledge to never wear a Chinese braid and play a coolie. You pledge to me right now, right here, you will never play a Chinese haw. You know, and wow. you know, by Chinese he meant Asian. You know, at the time everybody was Chinese. I'm Vietnamese, everybody called me Ching Chink, Chop Suey, Ching Chong, um, in, in school in Virginia. And remember now, this is to the height of desegregation, which lasted some while, but this was me in Virginia, skinny, scrawny kid with frizzy hair, you know, this oriental we would call with frizzy hair. When we filled out a form to, to apply for school, we had to put a box that, that we were yellow, the, we were the yellow race. It, it was white, uh, you know, it was white, Negro and yellow. When I was in Virginia, in the 60s. Amazing. Yeah, and so Bruce had come, you know, he's older than me. He had been Hong Kong fighting. He had been uh, in Seattle teaching and now, you know, fighting for, for respect in Hollywood, right? And here was this, you know, young whippersnapper, teen girl, who dared to say to him, I was born to act. And something, it was almost like we were soulmates at, you know, at that moment. 
And he said, I will help you. You need to meet Sterling Silifan. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> and the Asian flu, not to be racist, but you know, he said, he said, he's writing for me. He's my writer. And he, he, there was such a pride in his voice. I thought, okay, all right, I, I want to meet this guy. Well, it was Sterling Silifan who had written in the heat of the night, which I had seen in the theater where there were rights in the theater when I saw in the heat of the night as a teenager in Arlington, wow. Virginia. So this was the man. I came out to Hollywood, was driven by Bruce in his blue Porsche to Long Beach. <laughs> at one point, the car stalled. It stalled at the airport. It stalled, and at one point, we were pushing it. It's so so much fun. <laughs> he did what some kind of Bruce story. Lee magic, and you know, we got to Long Beach limping along. And so I am telling you, I knew Bruce Lee when he was poor. Amazing. The world, the world knows the Bruce Lee who went to Hong Kong and the rest was history. My husband and I were flying to Hong Kong. We had our bags packed. The, that night, the night that Enter the Dragon opened in America, we were talking to Ted Ashley, the CEO, president of Warner Brothers, who, who did, you know, they funded Enter the Dragon. And, and, and Ted Ashley called. I heard my husband on the phone. We were going to take an early flight. We were still you know, just just high on getting on this plane to see Bruce again. Uh, he was now a megastar. Overnight. Yeah, now. overnight. And this is this is now Bruce. Now that Bruce, Bruce Lee was Bruce Lee, the Bruce Lee we know. And, right. And he had pledged that he would make, you know, a million dollars by the time, you know, like within a, a, a time frame, you know, like in a few years. And he did. And, and so everything came to pass. This was pure magic. This was, you know, this was, we were finally going to get the break. Bruce was my late husband and James Coburn. They, they, they got together and worked on a script called The Silent Flute, which, by the way, has been announced. Uh, everybody's calling me from New York, from London, from L.A. They're saying, oh, you're going to come into some money, Deanna. You, you, this is going to be great. I hear they're making, you know, your your husband's Bruce Lee script. Um, they're, they're, they're saying it was written by Bruce Lee because it, the credit is co-written by Sterling Silifant, Bruce Lee, and James Coburn. They, they met over a period of many, many weeks. So I'm like blabbing. I'm telling you the whole story. This is like maybe all too much for one episode. No, but, it's a fantastic story. But let's just I mean, let's hold it right there so that we can. That's how um, I met. That's how I met yeah. my husband, Sterling Silifant. I was introduced yeah. to, to Sterling Silifant, who became my husband in a very short while by Bruce Lee. And you guys by were by most standards, Polly, the relationship, like the fairy tale Hollywood love story at the oh time. Oh my right? gosh. It was it was John and Yoko, uh, uh with, without the sad ending because right. well, the sad ending was my husband was taken away from me, cancer of the bone. Um no, but it's forty years since John was robbed from all of us, and that's heinous. That's an heinous act of, of murder. That was a horrible power to be murdered, yeah. Um, Such a coward. Oh, oh, I'm just telling you, my husband, I was the Yoko Ono. He loved me so much. And I was reviled. And, you know, there were people who just didn't understand, you know, what if you put a hex over him? What is this this racist hex? (laughs) You know, know. I mean, when I was in, in, in 
Thomas Jefferson Junior High School. They were saying that my uh, private parts, the P word, they were saying, or yeah. the C word, they were saying that it was, you know, slanted sideways. So, so the the Western girls, so the American girls, were normal, and we Orientals had this side slit sideways. So we were called slits. Oh wow, that is By awful. Way, it would be that a is... great band. I I would have a band called the Slits. <laughs> this it's like a punk, like a punk rock band, the Slits. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You would kick some ass for sure, because yes, kick ass vogels. So I think it's 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 great because let's segue into your uh, musical career because a lot of people don't know that you're an, a hell of a singer and you were pretty much the pioneer of the MTV uh, music videos. That you know <laughs> well, it, meaning right? meaning I'm old pioneer, meaning I was one of the first. So back in well, the day, back first. in the day, there was a rumor that there was this thing called MTV, and they did these very clever ads, like you know, Progressive has very clever ads now, the insurance company. So they did these clever ads. Uh, I want my MTV. They had Pat Benatar, Blondie, Debbie Harry. They had all these icons, Joan Jett, and they would come on in these short little commercials. I want my MTV, and everybody would say, "What's you know?" That's like saying YouTube yeah. back in the day. Right. What, what sure, is, that. you know, all this started from nothing from, you know, I was in the very first YouTube van. They had little vans in malls. I was in L.A. There was a little van. We didn't know what was YouTube. I went in the van and I'm like, you know, what do I get? Do I get a pizza? What do I get? And, and they <laughs> said, just sit here and we're going to ask you a couple questions. And then they YouTube me and then they posted it right then and there. We saw it in the van and we were like, wow, you know. We still Instant. didn't get it. Yeah, we still didn't get it. So remember Andy Warhol said, what did he sure. say? We'd all be, you know, everybody. Uh, we all get 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. yeah, and now what is it? 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's more like 15 seconds. Yeah, you're right. Because it's every it's it's at the fingertips of most people that have a phone. If you, have a, if you own right, a phone, right. you could literally shoot anywhere. But, you know, this is, it's good news for everyone. It means you, the listeners, all of you out there, it means any one of you can be somebody. You are somebody anyway, but, you know, uh, in, in, our, in several times a day, I'm somebody, I'm nobody, I'm everybody. But, you know, there are people out there um, in small towns, in rural areas. Uh, now they can, you know, like poor people in Vietnam and in yeah. Afghanistan, really, really poor, where they have no water, but they can, they they can go on Instagram, they can go on YouTube. I mean, this is fantastic. They, you know, they can hear your podcast, and we can reach people, and and you could save lives. I mean, people tell me sure that can. Bruce Lee saved my life. They said, "Oh, you knew Bruce Lee? Can I touch you?" And they said, "Bruce Lee <laughs> saved my life." And I said, "How?" And they said. You know, I was in a gang. I, I saw his movies. I got inspired. Wow. I read up about Zen. I turned my life wow. around thanks to Bruce Lee. So you can do that now. You collectively, we, all of us, we can affect people, affect each other and share. Sure. And learn. It's so exciting. Yeah. Because because it's an exciting time. We're going to get to, I mean, we have so much to talk about, so much to cover. I do want to get to, um, you know, like talking about your RV uh, uh, adventure that's set to take off soon, the tour, the Route 66 tour. But before we get to that, I want to ask you a little bit about Bruce Lee. <clears throat> Are there any stories that stand out in the back of your mind that you could share with us, the public that's listening in? Um, anything that stands out as crazy or like, you know, 
a moment where he just sort of said something and it was so random, <clears throat> but it just, you know, it captured your attention, but it's not in the books or anywhere. Oh, there's so many. There are so many moments, memories, uh, quotes of Bruce. I would say that he was a strict, effective teacher. I think ultimately Bruce would like to be remembered as a great dad, a great husband, you know, a great actor, of course, because he wanted to do comedy and he did. He was a child star. He, That's what my he, son said. He was a child yeah, star. Hollywood didn't make him a star. He was already, he was already you know, uh, well known as a child star. Um, he was such a great teacher because he had had a gift to inspire and, right. and, and very inspiring. So I remember he would say zingers like stiffness is vertical depth, you know, and you go, huh? Mm -hmm. you, know? <laughs> you know, so, so you, you had to, of course I can do this, but you had to touch your toes. You had to bend, you had to, you had to be water. You had to be bamboo. You had to bend, you had to adjust. You had to be fast. You had to be lightning fast because you're working with Bruce, um, the master. So, so like, like I, I wasn't a runner. I wasn't, a, I couldn't ride a bike. I was, you know, I, I walked and, and I was dreaming about driving a car, preferably my Corvette one day, but right. I, I wasn't, you know, a bike rider. I walked to school. So, so, and I didn't jog, you know, I was, I was a teenager. So I hitchhiked. I had a thumb. The thumb worked. I would hitchhike. And and so first I needed to learn martial arts, hitchhiking in Virginia. What you, you know, know what hitchhiking is now? What? It's Uber. It's Uber. Perfect stranger. It's so much fun when money isn't involved. It's like it's so much fun yeah. when it's free and like Burning Man, you know, of course you pay to get there, but once you're there, you barter, you share. This is what I love. Share rides, let's say, called I did my days of hitchhiking. I'm sure there were some axe murderers and serial killers, but I talked them out of it. <laughs> Well, you could you could kick some ass yourself, so I don't think anybody would want to mess with you, Tiana. Size with Tiana and get a kick out of life. Right, that that that's what I like. I love that. Bruce, um, there was a moment when I thought this is not going to work out. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm going to die. You know. So so he said, "Okay, run. You know, to the next county line and come back." And and you you don't cheat with Bruce. He he might just see you right. So you, you go to, you know, just, okay, go, okay, go. You, you're not just running a block or a mile. You're going to just keep going and then come back and, and, and in record time. So we had a stopwatch. So, so I, I ran and I, I, I had, I had a stomachache and, and I thought I, I put my hand on my, you know, the pain in the stomach and I was kind of bent over and I thought, okay, I'm going to just going to rest. And somebody pulled my collar, pulled me by the collar. And the, somebody, he was right behind me. So he pulled me up and he said, keep going, keep going. And he said, put a pebble in your mouth. How do you like that? Here, you know, he had one, put a pebble in your mouth under your tongue and keep running. Well, somehow, I guess it, it helps your breathing. It helps you breathe lower. You're not, <laughs> which makes you dry and makes you dehydrated. And now you got to drink water, you know, and, all, and now, now, of course, if you're dehydrated, 
you know, everything's going to, the pain is going to come and you're going to feel tired. And I felt very tired. So, so I did the pebble and, oh no. So before I did the pebble, before I took the pill, right? Before, before he, Bruce gave me one of his secrets, you know, the Indians do this, he said, no. So I was huffing, puffing, dehydrated, and I was doubled over. And I said, I, I, I can't. He said, he's allergic to, no, I can't, right? So he, right. he was like, what did you say? And I'm like, I don't know, between the pain and Bruce Lee, I don't know what, what I would say. I, you know, I just it was kind of like, I, I said, I'm not worthy. And he said, get up. He said, get up, start breathing. <laughs> then he gave me the pebble. Then he gave me the pebble. And somehow that reached, you know, it was like, okay, he's going to kill me anyway, so I better keep going. And, and just at that moment, he said, what's happening and i said i said i i think i think i'm gonna die and he said you know any teacher would say all right break take a break glass of water i'll get you water but not bruce right not bruce he said then die oh so that was when i got so angry i was like what you know you know, I have a life to live. I'm an Oscar to win with you, with or without there you, you I'm doing this. You know, I'm beautiful. I'm, I'm going to Long Beach tournament. What are you invited me to Hollywood and I'm gonna die first? I was so angry. So we got But I think the, that's what it took. He actually tricked you into yeah. doing that. Yeah. Because he knew that that would be kind of the catalyst, would would push you, motivate you forward to doing He it. knew what to say. He knew psychology. You know, Bruce Lee watched Rudolph Noyev. He watched uh, Muhammad Ali, of course. I mean, he studied Ali's moves. He he watched Barishnikov. You know, I mean, all, all of the above. He knew he knew to watch a ballet dancer. I mean, back in the day, what football you know football players now go to ballet, go to Pilates. They get sent by their PT. Back in the day, you were a sissy, you know, if you went to ballet class or stretch class or. You know, I mean, times have changed. We're, we're we're free now, and the only thing that holds us back is us. Is the ourselves, right? Says, yeah, the voice that says, "You're not worthy. I can't. I won't. I can't." You know. So remember, Bruce would say, "Why? You ready to die? You ready to give up? Then die. Get it over with. Die. I I don't want to. I don't want to waste my time. You know. It's just. It's just. No. It's empowering, actually." Most of us think, yeah, it sure is. And I'm here listening in and I was taking it all in and thinking, my thinking process is, was this was this man, this man had to have had another side to him. Like, I'm sure he must have laughed plenty and he must have been, you know, funny. Um, and, and, and yeah, in all his speeches and whatnot, you, you tend to, to hear something funny, comedic that he puts, throws in there. But I'm wondering um, of, of the times you spent together, were there like something that stands out in your mind where he was like joking and laughing you know because uh, it's it sounds to me like he was very regimented intense, in many intense, ways but intense, yeah intense. super intense you know? yes i i know that bruce joked and laughed i did not i was not the recipient of that he was my teacher um sterling told me you know but 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 i remember the stern i remember the anger 
uh, he, I remember a man who was so discriminated against and, and I was getting it. And then after Bruce passed away, I, I continued to get it. I've gotten it all day. We have, we, I can cite you chapter and verse. My late husband wrote for me. So here's Sterling Silifon, Sterling Silifon, Oscar winner. He was the man. He was, he was, really gosh, I mean, this, this, this writer, this was a screenwriter. Screenwriters are never even invited to the premiere of a movie. They didn't even let, you know, my screenwriter just won an Oscar for the father, and they didn't even let him talk. They let There were two writers, and they let the screenwriter slash director, the young one, talk, and the, the, the one who is the brilliant screenwriter, Christopher Hampton, Sir Christopher Hampton, you know, he wasn't allowed to make a speech or anything. You know, this is what wow. happens. So writers, Sterling always told me, you know, because we went to premieres, we went to parties, we went, and he was the only writer that was invited to everything. He was on the Merv Griffin show, the Johnny Carson show, the Larry King show, the Dinah Shore show. He was on every talk show, and so was I, because Sterling did not go anywhere without me. He went to meetings with Clint Eastwood, with Tiana, his wife. Wow. Amazing. And he introduced me to everyone as Tiana. One name at the time, it was like, you know, he could have said Mrs. Silifant. He said her name is Tiana. And, and you know, then Madonna came later. And, you know, I had Fabian to look up to. But, you know, we, we really, I feel, you know, I think of Harry and Meghan because we don't think of, you know, what's Harry's last name? I mean, come on. You know, people with, well, you just know uh, by just the one name. Um, and my husband believed in me so much that he said, he said to SAG, he said, she just has the one name, you know, Tiana, and she will be known as that. So my very first film in a Sam Peckinpah movie, I'm starring with the Godfather, you know, I'm starting, starring with James Kahn and Robert Duvall, fresh off of The Godfather, fresh off of Amazing. Funny funny Girl, Funny Lady, um, and and Robert Duvall, I Love the Smell of Napalm in the Morning, Apocalypse Now, I mean, come on. These were my two co-stars in the film that my husband wrote by the way. for UA, United Artists. And it's, it's you know, the films that he wrote for me, you'll see, you'll see what's wrong, something's wrong. There's at least four or five that I can, you know, get into when we do like our film workshop. But my point is Sterling wrote a Sterling wrote a script. Um, he wrote the third Dirty Harry to star me with Clint Eastwood. Hello. I've never told anyone this. Never. Wow. Told we are honored and privileged I will come to LA and I will give a scholarship. You should do a contest of a screenwriter wannabe, somebody who sends us, scripts that they've written, essays, scripts, show us that they have the passion, the potential for being a great writer because they want to be, because they're working at it. And I will, I will host and I will pay for that person to fly out to LA with us. That writer could be, maybe we'll give one to a, 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 a guy and one to a girl or a, you know, Fantastic. Female and one to a male. And we should go to UCLA um, there's a special collections at UCLA. There's something like 83 boxes of Sterling Silifant scripts. In this, in these boxes are letters, handwritten letters from Bruce Lee, from James Colburn. The the notes what? about notes about the meetings. You can go to UCLA and 
and get them. So go online, go to Sterling uh -huh. Silverfont Special Collections UCLA. I believe it's all listed online. Boxes, the, the numbers. People may not know that all this Bruce Lee original material. In other words, the secretary was lazy at the studio. And back in the day, you got a tax deduction for donating your works. And so she just said, come and get it. And they just came and took like, you know, file cabinets of stuff. So my some of my private thank you notes uh, from at my wedding. I mean, come on, Steve McQueen, Paul Newman. Wow. Everybody was at the wedding. And All the great. You're at 1974, right? You guys married in, in Hollywood, oh, 1974? July 4, 1974. Uh, we're going to do a big party July 4 right here on the beach. Uh, probably Daytona with a bunch of vintage cars. Um, but yes, July 4th, 1974, I was a child bride. Um, there are people who on the internet, they say that I'm not me. I, I'm too young. I'm flattered. I can't possibly be Mrs. Silophon. I must be the daughter. I'm the daughter. I'm Sterling oh, Silophon's daughter. Um, Please. Uh, but, but, you know, I was very, very young, and I do have three birth certificates because I was a child of war. I'm from Vietnam. I grew up during the war, right. escaped, came to America very early on. We were not the boat people because they came, by the way, 1975 was when Saigon fell or when the U.S. government abandoned Vietnam, our allies who said, step aside, we're going to, we got this, we got this, we're going to, you know, we're going to get the communists, we're going to, you know, get your country back. Um, we trusted, we, the South Vietnamese, fought alongside, and then and then the U.S. command were like, move the South Vietnamese aside, we're going to do this, right? And then by 1975, they were sick and tired of, the war lasted 10,000 days, 10,000 wow. days. Americans don't know this. Um, most people don't because the we were a colony of the French and the U.S. government under Eisenhower, Nixon was vice president. Uh, we're talking about Truman before Kennedy, before Kennedy, who, who sent the first advisors to Vietnam. We were already at war. We were already, we, the American public, the taxpayers were already paying for the Vietnam War. So that's another yeah. episode. But think about that. Yeah. Because in Vietnam, we call it the American War. Makes sense. Right. Why is it the Vietnam right. War? Who declared war? Who, 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 more, even more tricky, who didn't declare war? You know, it was a war that was never declared. So they came in with, of course, people say their hands tied, but they did spend billions of dollars bombing the country and the country next door and the country next, next door. So there's a lot to talk about. We're definitely going to spend a whole episode, a whole show on that. Um, and also um, the fact that you were the first person to bring in a crew with you of cameramen and, and to um, post-war capture a, a lot of um, yes. a lot of going on. Yeah, we want to talk yes. about that, definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah um, you want, and you I want wanted to talk to, about that later, right? I want, I want, yeah, we're going to, we're just going to pretty much put it out there to let people... Um, you know, uh, understand what's what they have coming and um, to get ready for that, most definitely. And I wanted to segue over to, uh, believe it or not, it's been almost 45 minutes. So we want to do the Route 66, the tour um, in your RV. Tell wow. us what that's about. Well, you are psychic. Max, the RV guy, uh, Cosa Mesa, 
uh, the only dealer, the dealer for Winnebago, they're going to get this very first. So you're the first to hear this. Awesome. And, <laughs> and, your, you. and your listeners. Um, there's Winnebago makes a bolt. It, it was named after Daham Bolt, the, this German designer, uh, B-O-L-D-T. The bolt is very premium, very, very special. It, it, is, it starts with a Mercedes chassis, which, by the way, there are no Mercedes chassis out there. Bezos bought them all for Amazon, all those, all those vans that are coming to your That's door. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that is that that's a great invention this Mercedes chassis hmm. and it's it's it, it you know uh, I mean Airstream uses it to make their 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 RV or LV it's a leisure van darling so oh, so so LV RV uh Winnebago these these high-end companies who you know Winnebago is the oldest brand um sure. I would say I would say the the uh the you know they're they they're going they're they're like they're crazy. The prices are insane, crazy right now. It's like um, the crown jewel of 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 uh, luxury, of, right? Of home living. Of see, yeah. people are people are freaked out by the COVID, and so mm -hmm. they are if they can afford it, they're doing their second home. Their, their second or third or fourth home is now a Winnebago. I've known more rich people, you know, in the last year. They all have one. And they jacked up the prices. And then there are people who who can't afford a home, but can afford a motor home. So if you can't afford a home, but but you've got wheels and you can afford, you know, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, but don't think you can get a new one with this Corvette chassis for anything under two hundred thousand. And we're talking twenty three. Really? We're talking twenty three feet, baby. We're talking compact. Look at look at your Amazon vans, right? So, mm -hmm. so now I'm getting into my discovery of what to get. And, you know, we, we have a 501c2, you know, we off, you know, uh, donations, we take donations. We're totally tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Um, uh, my partners and I, my team, we make films for social change. We make films for peace to enhance the discussion to come together to share about how we can, you know, live together in peace. As my mother says, let's all get along or you know, Bruce would say, or we die. Okay. I mean, we got to get along and America. It's such a great so divide, a big old wedge, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, there, there's so much going on based on fear and hate and misinformation based on, based on lack of knowledge ignorance isn't ignorance the you know we got to wipe out ignorance and there's all these billionaires that you know bill gates claims he and his wife you know claim that they're wiping out hunger well how are you doing on that bill and melinda you know and, i mean uh, he if bill gates is responsible for getting Monsanto, already a billion dollar company, a trillion dollar company, Monsanto was went to the next level thanks to Bill Gates. This is all under the uh, the excuse of you know world peace, ending world hunger. We, the people, we we are working for world peace. One barrio at a time, one neighborhood at a time, one home at a time, one marriage at a time, because there's so yes. much hatred. There's so much uh, caused from fear. 
it's definitely something that we have to do collectively as a as a nation yeah. as a world yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, we we start so i'm gonna go collectively and by myself on my own with new fans and friends new partners my tribe my team your tribe you know this land is my land this land is your land from hawaii to the new york islands this is our land and we have to salvage it we have to save it and and don't you think our next generation deserve us to spend absolutely time with this what are we leaving them you know what are we giving them what are we leaving them a big mess wow I we think I, we're going to pick up the litter. We're going to we're going to plant a tree, and I am going out there whenever I can. If I find a Vietnam vet who can get ten percent discount at Home Depot with a vet card, you know, buy some plants. And when you're out there, you you, you see a meadow that needs some flowers. Throw some seeds down. Put some plants down. You know, it, it will grow. Nature will take well, the rest. Ladies and gentlemen. The great Tiana Alexandra Silifant. I cannot get enough of you, young lady. Um, you are <laughs> oh, wise yeah, beyond lady. your I years. Knew I knew Bruce Lee, and you call me young lady. I love you. <laughs> I am. I'm completely enamored with everything you do. Who you are. You've inspired many, and and we're we're just barely. Uh, this is just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg. We're really going to dive into way more subject matter. <laughs> um, so once again, Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver, please. Well, uh, I'm, you go I'm ahead gonna, and I'm gonna be a driver myself. See, my life was Sterling Silifon. I was Hollywood royalty. We had remember the long stretch limos. We had limos. Sure. We had the five star life. We had the you know amazing yacht. Speaking of the boat, we had the Swan yacht. You can Google Tiana Silifon Swan seventy six. You can Google Silifon wedding. You know on CBS News, and you can find me. You can Google Tiana Bruce Lee. Just T I A N A Bruce Lee. Tiana Karate. Did Bruce Lee ever? Yes. Did Did Bruce Lee? By the way, did Bruce Lee ever kick anybody's ass out on the street? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I, I don't even know. I don't think anyone knows this besides Sterling Silifant, James Coburn, and Bruce Lee, um, and and the the taxi driver. So they were in India to do this, the silent flute, which is now being announced by someone, I believe, in India. I'm not sure. It's being announced that someone has acquired um, the silent flute. See, it got sold to Sandy Howard, who made a. A, a horrible film, a B movie. It was so bad that he changed it to this title, Circle of Iron. Instead of instead of the silent flute, you buy a, a Bruce Lee, Sterling Silifon, James Coburn property, and you change the title. You change it to Circle of Iron, and Sterling said it sunk like iron. It died, you know. You could, and starring David Carradine, which you know Bruce Lee would have turned in his grave. Okay, yeah, so exactly. so so there's all this frustration that Bruce felt, and he died before his time, of course, you know, because he died really early. Away before he could, before it was shown and confirmed, before he could fly to the premiere of Enter the Dragon in the United States, which is he wanted to make it in America. He wanted to make it 
where he was uh, not appreciated, where he was misunderstood, and where he was discriminated against. And to hire David Carradine, God rest his soul, but you know, to, you know, to to play the Bruce Lee part, it's too much. It's, but they did right. it before. They did it. They did it with Kung Fu. And my husband, yes. my husband wrote parts for Bruce in Longstreet. He, the pilot episode was the way of the intercepting fist. Longstreet, James Franciscus, the white star, you know, had more time, but Bruce Lee had more sand letters. That was wow. that was the thing that you know. And Bruce knew. He knew he was born to be a star. I was born to be an actress. We had a pact to win Oscars and make our race proud, make people understand from where we came, the Asian race, the Oriental race, the yellow man, if you, you know, back in the day we, we were, we had to tick a box that we were yellow. So wow. Bruce, Bruce was not yellow, okay? I mean, if yellow is slang for scared, um, he was too angry to be scared. And I, you know, I must say, I feel that way too. I, I've had my share. I've had my share of me too that that would freeze your blood. I, I know. And I haven't cashed in to talk about that. I have never. I I haven't there are three very, very famous guys in the the Me Too, you know, against me. When I I was a hottie, I was gorgeous and I was a teenager. Come on. And I you know, right. in my twenties I still look like a teenager. I think I look like a teenager today, baby. Yeah, you do, exactly. Yeah, say it with some conviction. Shoot, you look really peel good. Peel me for... a grape, darling. Peel me a grape. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get a harem of young boys to like pick me up on the palanquin and peel me a grape. <laughs> I'm gonna be Mae West, the Asian Mae West. Would you would you pay, would you buy a ticket to go see me perform as an Asian Mae West? <laughs> I'd buy all the tickets. How about that? <laughs> okay. I want bums I... on seats. Bums on seats. This is why we do it. We want audiences, right? So so they were in India. Warner Brothers gave. Uh, they, they they were you know of course turned down by everyone. A, a, a script, a weird script. A weird script, the silent flute. That's a very Zen title. It's like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? What is the sound of one hand clapping? And now you got this, the silent flute, right? Is this, wow. is this a music movie? Is this a martial arts movie? Why is the flute silent? You know, everything's a metaphor, right? Zen and Sufi. So, so there, so Warner Brothers says, no, we're not making this movie. This is way before Enter the Dragon. This is when Bruce was being turned down. This was before he went to Hong Kong. And Sterling was pushing, you know, Sterling had clout and he was saying, Bruce is going to be a big star. And they would say, that little Chinaman, you know, Bruce was intensely furious, incensed. If I'm going to do my Once Upon a Time, you know, in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino take on Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee was intense, furious, committed, uh, a master. He was the heart of the art, poetic. I, would, I, I wouldn't cast Bruce Lee as somebody that Brad Pitt can whop. I mean, come on. And right, that, yeah. was very, that was very disrespectful to the family, his wife, his 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 widow, his his daughter, his surviving daughter. Linda Lee was very upset. She 
she took on Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, and rightly so. Yeah, it was her. really awesome. You know, yeah. but you know, I also I'm a filmmaker, and I have to to stick up for the independent, the American filmmaker, the American as we know it. We're independent. We can do whatever we want. We're spoiled, right? But but to make a film, a fiction film, you you can. You, you're making a film. It's just a film. So you can make up stuff, right? Now, sure. you know, you have to decide who, who are you going to hurt? Who, you know, he made a ton of money, so he wasn't hurt. But, you know, that's your personal, but legally, obviously, they didn't get an injunction to stop him from showing the film. Legally, he got away with it. He, he you know, we filmmakers have the right to parody. I mean, look at Borat, right? Look at the new Borat film. Um, yeah. He's got Julie, uh, Giuliano, you know, Giuliani, like a, Gi yeah. Giuliani, Giuliano. Oh, that guy. Yeah, Rudolph Giuliani. Yeah. 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 Have you seen the new Borat? It's, it's, it's up for Oscar the girl. I, got a best I honest, to be actor. honest with you, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Well, I know, of, I know of it. I know the scene. I know about the scene and, yeah. and yeah. We're going to get, get back to the Bruce Lee story. I'm going to milk it. There are three movies you have to see. The Father. Starring Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins, uh, screenplay by Sir Christopher Hampton and Florian Gellar. And this is my partner. So this is my this is my film and theater partner of almost 30 years, actually. We're, we're celebrating 28 years of collaborating, working together. I advise him. You could say I'm his manager. Christopher Hampton, the writer. Yes. He just amazing, won, amazing he just won another Oscar, third Oscar nomination, won his second, and was up for Golden Globes. He was up for Atonement. That was nine Oscar nominations on Atonement. They lost to No Country for Old Men. That's and right. You yeah. You don't want to be up uh, for the Oscars in a year against the Coen brothers. They're just absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, they are. You want to watch his wife, though, the Cohen, the, the Cohen, Mrs. Cohen. Um, you want to watch Nomad Land, which won the Chinese girl, Zhao, uh, you know, Zhao yeah. with the braids. Congratulations. She, she just won the first ever, the probably the youngest, probably, well, the first Asian woman. And the first Chinese, uh, definitely the first Chinese. Um, I don't know if she's American because she's Chinese and she studied in London and she studied at NYU. Maybe she's an American citizen. I'm right. Vietnamese American. I'm what you call, uh, yeah, a, a gook with a green card. Just kidding. I actually have a proper passport. I, I'm an American, full stop. You know, yeah. People do say, why don't you go back where you came from? You know, I have I have as much right to be here as you. That's right. And we're going to talk about uh, also another thing I want to uh, kind of are mention. We gonna, are we going uh, to we finish the story about what Bruce did to a cab driver in India? Yes, yes, yes. We have to. Well, we're probably going over time, right? We are. We got five more minutes and, and we're out. So, yeah, we're, okay. we're almost out so of time. Bruce, so let's, let's... Bruce Lee was in a foul mood. He was in a bad mood because first Warner Brothers said, do or die. And, you know, Bruce Lee knows all about that. You do you do or die. And they chose, so they, the partners, Sterling Soliphant, Bruce Lee, James Coburn, at the time he was bigger than Brad Pitt. He was a huge star. At the time, uh, they agreed to try to see if they can make the silent flute in India. They know they couldn't because, you know, the... the it just was the wrong location. 
Uh, and so they wanted to get the film made. So they compromised. See, this teacher, they all regretted it, by the way. They all regretted uh, going to India, selling to Sandy Howard. And whoever's going to make it now bought it from Sandy. So I don't believe I have any rights as the widow to the estate of Sterling Siliphant and Linda Lee, the widow to the estate of Bruce Lee and whoever is the estate of James Coburn. Because at some point, you would think there's copyright. I haven't looked into it because they keep saying they're going to make it, but they haven't. You know, to take on someone to find out what the rights are, they have to make the film, you know, so so the lawyers can go to work, right? Um, but in this case, I don't want to sue anyone. I, I want good work to be made. Uh, I, I want uh, what is right, what belongs to Bruce Lee, you know, and Sterling yes. Sullivan. I.e., Mrs. So it's rightly theirs. So yeah. yeah. It, what what is what is mine? I can choose to give it to all your listeners if I want and make ten movies with it or one movie with it. But uh, you know who wants to be robbed? I mean, who's doing this? We don't know. What we do, and the same thing with Route 66. There's you know my late husband wrote Route 66, and there's a DVD set of 125 episodes or something. It doesn't even have his name on it. Route 66, yes, Unbelievable. Yes. written by Sterling Siliphant, created by Sterling Siliphant and Burt Leonard. It doesn't even have, they, they, credited, they credited the producer for writing it on this DVD set. Somebody sent me, they're selling it for $100. Somebody sent it to me. So I have to get involved. I, if anybody's listening knows an entertainment attorney, they're very expensive. You know, I need pro bono. But anyway, so Bruce did not like to be called a Chinaman, you know, like like any black person doesn't like to be called the N-word. Um, especially the way you say things, you know, if it's in, in your tone that's derogatory, you know, it makes you feel bad. And and I was a recipient of this, so I know, I know. You people, you know, why are we dying for, you know, these people? Why we, you know, why are boys dying in Vietnam for you people? You know, this is what the kids said to me when they beat me up in their little girl's room, um, you know, calling me names. It hurt. It really hurts. So yeah. so Bruce didn't like that either. And why, why do you think Bruce Lee became Bruce Lee and got so good? There's a lot of a lot of anger that fuels you wanting to be a rock star, you wanting to be a a a, a, a gold medal athlete you know there's a, there's somebody that said to you no you can't or you right. know who are you and 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 we we carry that as long as we don't hang on to it and let it take us down you know you got to let these things go at some point but for motivation for motivation i'm going to show you is the best motivation right 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 i mean so, isn't it isn't it uh, uh ironic though that you know, you tend to you have people where you'll you'll carry a lot of this stuff, you know, a burden on yes, your Yes, the things we carry. A brilliant book by and, a Vietnam vet, the things we carry, and we gotta let it go. So And we so, have to learn to let it go, but it's also that very fuel that becomes yes, the life yes. the lifeblood, you know, that that carries you through through your life and, and you create amazing, you know, works of art, pieces of art that, you know, live on um you know, yes, far to be spiritual, to, yeah. to believe in something, to believe in God, to be spiritual, and to to inspire, right? 
Um, so, so Bruce was upset because they, Warner Brothers from Hollywood booked in India, uh, you know, hotels and, and Bruce got what he called the broom closet. Bruce got the little room, which he called the maid's room, the broom closet. Sterling got a decent room and James Coburn got the presidential suite. And of course, you know, James would say, come have a drink with me. And Bruce would come and he would say, I've got a broom closet. You know, so already he was seething. And my husband told me, he's, my husband said Bruce had a hard time. You know, in India where everybody's poor and begging and Bruce was a humanitarian, that, you know, right. that upset him. Um, it would upset any of us, you know, going through. And you're carrying that torch now. You're a humanitarian yourself and, uh, uh, you know, uh, a person that gives so much of you to others and now you're going to go out on this rv and and yeah i'm i'm going to i'm going to be the philanthropist this rv is 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 going to just exude good i'm i'm going to have something i'll figure this out i'm going to have something wrapped to to make people smile you know you smile the whole world smiles with you you got some mean guy honking and saying the f word you smile sincerely smile back to him like it's okay instead of giving him the finger and then he's going to shoot you you know escalation so escalation happens so with this story escalation happened with my master bruce lee he was so angry that uh, you know the so there was there was a cab driver who said you know who, who said something derogatory you know and you know, against Asians and and Bruce was furious and he took the guy's nose and twisted it and ripped it off. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I, I don't dare laugh. I don't dare giggle. I mean, it's, it's I, I think that, I mean, I'm laughing at just kind you know, of. Sterling, Sterling told the story. He was laughing. <laughs> you know, and, and Ruth was not laughing. He but... was livid. He was livid. So the power of powerful energy, you know, let's yes. make it productive. I, I want Absolutely. our listeners to think of the the who we are we are powerful entities we can harness this energy and we can do good with it and it feels Absolutely. great it feels great when you do good you know for your god for god for what we believe in if you don't believe in something find something to believe in there's so Amen. much to in. well there you have it that's our time uh, thank you so much one of many episodes. Love you as well. Sending you nothing but light and, and hugs your way. And thank you again. Um, beyond grateful to have you on today. Uh, Tiana's, Tiana's World, if you haven't already, well, guys. One word. Tiana World. Oh, Tiana World. Yeah, Tiana World. Sorry, yeah, dot com. One word. If, and, you have a, if you have a break, you might get porn, which you might, you know. Okay, it's up to you. But if you have a, if you put a break, you might get the Tiana Disney Princess, the little, the little <laughs> darling Afro princess. Right. Not to be confused with the Karate Princess. But yes. I want you to know that the Tiana Princess came after me, after Tiana Karate Princess. I mean, we're going way back. We're going, I was Tiana Karate Princess in the 70s, darling. Wow, you've been around for a while and it doesn't seem Woo! like it. So whatever you're doing, keep it going and give keep me on uh, one, one question for you. Can you give me a ride? I want to hit you right with you on that RV. Oh, yes, baby. Take a number and stand in line, Seth. <laughs> <laughs>
And that is all. Thanks again for joining us. And another Juicy Divas Confessions of a Limo Driver. Yours truly, Seth Goldstein. Jim Francis. Thank you. I'm so juicy. Yes, you are. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye, Kiana. Bye. Talk to you soon.